Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. We have made it to the first weekend, the first full weekend here of the new year. And tonight, locally, it's New Albany and Jeffersonville, in addition to some other good high school basketball in the area. But boy, that New Albany-Jeff game is fun. It's special. We've talked about it a lot building up to today. And I think there'll be a pretty good game tonight. I think I would pick Jeff as the favorite, despite... Some of their struggles recently, but Jeffersonville has been going up against really, really good competition. They are definitely battle-tested here in the middle part of the season. But New Albany has played well, and they are a fun team to watch. At least they have been so far this season. I expect that it will be a competitive game uh, tonight and uh, invite you to come out if you can't. We'll have the full play-by-play story here on the Big X. I don't think this station has ever missed New Albany and Jeffersonville when they hook up, whether that's basketball or football or baseball or so many of the different big sports that matter here in the area. So uh, we'll be on tonight about 7:10 with our pregame coverage. We'll take you through the rivalry. We'll take you through the history of the rivalry as well. Uh, and we'll get you set for this year's matchup uh, in our pregame coverage tonight. Tip off from the doghouse, 7:30. Last check, still plenty of tickets available for the game tonight, but I think everyone is hopeful it will be at the end of the day a really good crowd, a really good uh, setting for this rivalry game as it should be. Uh, So a lot of fun tonight, excited about that. Friday night high school basketball, just special in our area. It's always fun to look across the area at the scores and results and who plays well. And again, some other meaningful games. We'll talk about those a little bit later in the show today. But uh, definitely New Albany and Jeff takes the cake tonight, at least for me. And it's where we'll be on the Big X as far as our coverage goes. Let's look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments are Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU in Southern Indiana Sports News. Uh, We'll get into the IU women last night, IU-Ohio State coming up on this weekend. Um, And we missed the Thursday show, so we did not really get a chance to recap uh, Indiana's dismal guard play and dismal perimeter performance specifically uh, out at Nebraska on Thursday night or on Wednesday night. That was just a horrific performance by Indiana. I will say that Probably I was a little uh, disrespectful to Nebraska in some of my comments or thoughts leading up to the game. They are better than what I thought. Still has no impact on how Indiana played, I I did not think. But uh, this is one of the better Nebraska teams that I can remember. And their coach has been bullish on them this season that they could be an NCAA team. And 
I can see it. I really can. So we'll see how the season unfolds as we get back into Big Ten play for the Cornhuskers, but definitely a solid Nebraska team. Again, that said, not making excuses for Indiana's guards because from Xavier Johnson, who returned in a little bit of a surprise, I mean, I knew we were getting close to his return, uh, but from Xavier Johnson to Trey Galloway to others, uh, not a good performance from the perimeter uh, in that Wednesday night game. Now Indiana has a quick turnaround with Ohio State, kind of a wham-bam reminder that we're in conference season. Things come at you fast and furious. Indiana with what I think is a very challenging schedule to start the Big Ten Conference restart here in the new year, but we'll talk all that today and more. Later today, Dylan Wallace will be with us. Dylan, former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will get into some IU basketball stuff. And then Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star will be our guest in segment three. High school basketball, New Albany Jeff rivalry game, recruiting, and more. All topics we will broach with Kyle a little bit later in the show. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check them out for sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily. They will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Uh, Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And as you know, send us a text, save this number, write it down, program it in your phone, Guys, it's a text line. Some of you call it. You can't call and leave messages. You've got to text us 502-414-1450. We'll get to some of your texts here in just a few moments. Let's get into our headlines today, and I want to start actually with IU football. Indiana football with a busy day yesterday. They picked up a commitment from a former James Madison wideout. His name is Elijah Surratt. And another pickup from Coach Signetti from his former program. Surratt committed to the Hoosiers, uh, was with JMU last year, started at a small FCS program, St. Francis, the 10th transfer edition uh, for IU and Coach Sig from James Madison. So that tells you he believes in a lot of those guys and their ability to not only have success at that level of college football, but he thinks Coach Sig does that they can help at the Big Ten level. So a number of guys coming in from James Madison that could be really good for IU football if it pans out familiarity with the coach and he obviously knows the the level they can play at you would sure believe uh, it also could work out really bad but a, a good pickup it sounds at least on paper for Indiana yesterday also they got a player from the transfer portal North Carolina running back Elijah Green announced that he is going to join the IU roster for the 2024 college football season. Green is from Georgia. He played 27 games over his career for the Tar Heels, carried the ball 156 times for 664 yards and eight touchdowns, saw limited action last year for North Carolina, uh, but the season before was pretty active, pretty good for North Carolina. So another transfer pickup uh, for Indiana. And one other to report from yesterday, it's hard to keep up with all of them, but former Old Dominion defense back. His name is Sean Asbury II. Uh, he committed to Indiana yesterday out of the transfer portal. He played two seasons for Old Dominion, the Monarchs, 
before uh, uh, he he actually started his college career at uh, Boston College. So uh, there's three notable names for Indiana as far as college football uh, pickups here this time of year. Indiana, Nebraska in basketball on Wednesday night, 86-70. Indiana with a three-pointer at the buzzer. It really was a a 19-point game, not a 16-point game out at Nebraska. Uh, Indiana's defense was not good. Xavier Johnson returned, which I think is exciting, but he just did not look himself, and he definitely did not play the role that a what a six-year senior needs to play for Indiana in Big Ten play. Obviously, I think you give it to him. He's coming back from an injury and so forth, but uh, he was kind of a, a point that uh, not just him, but across all the guards in the perimeter, uh, really not good. One other thing concerning about this Indiana team is they had a season-high 19 turnovers uh, that led to 27 Nebraska points. And Indiana's turnovers have really been trending up here in the last number of games, three or four games. So as you get into conference play, that number you would like to see trending down, but uh, that could be a concern for Indiana as they work their way through the Big Ten schedule. So guard play, shooting, three-point shooting, perimeter issues, However you want to phrase it, however you want to word it, those continue to be issues for Indiana. The one good thing I thought for Indiana uh, in the Nebraska game is that Kellel Ware, after a bout with COVID, appears to be back and back to normal already. He had a good game, uh, 20 points to lead the team, 10 rebounds, so a double-double for Ware. He had two assists, two block shots as well, and uh, two steals also in 34 minutes of play. So good to see him back and hopefully healthy. Uh, he continues to be a consistent and really a standout for this Indiana team. couple other notes to pass along. Uh, girls basketball last night. Do want to give a little love to the ladies. Interesting game, number two in Class 1A, Lanesville, playing at Floyd Central. Those are tough games. Big 4A, Floyd Central. Uh, they're having a, a good season, not a great season, 11-6 and six after last night's loss for the Highlanders. But the Highlanders have been willing to play Borden, who was number one, and Lanesville, who's number two in 1A basketball. So hats off to them for taking on some of the smaller schools who at this juncture are really talented and could beat a lot of 4A schools in Indiana. There's no question about that. Uh, but Lanesville won 47-41, the final score. Uh, Lanesville led, led by Ava Kerr. She had had 14 points. Hadley Crozier had, excuse me, Ava Kerr had 17 points. Hadley Crozier with 14. Lanesville 16 and 1. They are really good. And Lanesville and Borden at some point in the 1A girls sectional, which is going to be here before you know it. I mean, it's really going to be here before you know it. It's not March. It's going to be early February when we're talking about pairings and brackets on the girls side of things. But at some point, Lanesville and Borden are going to have a monster 1A girls basketball sectional game. And like Josh Cook and I were talking yesterday, hope that the way it plays out, that those guys are opposite, or those girls, I should say, are opposite of each other, and they play in the championship game of that sectional. But you never know how things will shake out when it's a blind draw. So excited to take that game in, and that'll be a humongous game locally in girls basketball when the uh, state tournament gets here. And again, it's not 
that far off. High school basketball tonight, New Albany and Jeff obviously takes the cake as far as the uh, the big games of the weekend or the big game of the night, no question about that. But other games of interest tonight, Borden is at New Washington. That's got a rivalry feel. Coach Doc Nash going back to his former school where he played for, and had so many great years at New Washington in a conference game tonight. Also, Charlestown tonight, they will host Seymour. That will be a tough matchup for Matt Lynch and the Pirates tonight. The Pirates sitting at 5-5 five and five on the season. Christian Academy off tonight, but I do want to note they play a solid Bloomfield team at Oakland City on Saturday evening. They've got kind of an all-day deal at Oakland City, which features the men's and women's teams and a couple high school games at the end of the night. Also, Christian Academy looking forward to a game they'll take on Silver Creek Uh, at home at Christian Academy uh, next week on January 9th. So that should be an interesting matchup as well for Joshua Renfro and for the Warriors of Christian Academy. Clarksville tonight, they've got Providence in the town of Clarksville championship game. It's a girls-boys doubleheader tonight that will be played at Clarksville. Also Floyd Central they will host Corden tonight as the Highlanders look to nab a victory. Henryville on the road at Medora tonight. Of course, Jeff and New Albany, we've mentioned that. And uh, I think that is oh, Rock Creek tonight. They are off this weekend and play January 9th against Louisville Collegiate. But that is a look at all the local teams. And I didn't mention Silver Creek. They're at Eastern Pekin tonight, so another Mid-Southern Conference game for the Dragons. They'll look back to They'll look to get back to their winning ways after a loss to Providence in the Silver Creek Holiday Tournament Championship game back at the end of the 2023 season. So that's the high school basketball slate for this evening. Uh, Some interesting games. None of them uh, is meaningful, though, as New Albany and Jeff. That's going to be the big dog here in the area tonight. Uh, Had a chance to see Coach Jason Jones last night at New Albany. He seemed to be prepared and ready uh, for his first big rivalry game tonight. Of course, you know, Coach Wilkerson has been around this game as a player and assistant coach, and so when he took over the Jeff program, he kind of knew what he was getting into. But for Coach Jones, who's new to the area, uh, coming into this thing, I know he's heard a lot of the stories. He understands, I think, the meaning of this game to fans in his community. But it was neat to catch up with him on the night before the game and kind of get a feel for what he sees and what he thinks. Uh, Definitely is excited. I know he said last night to get on the sideline and go to battle tonight. He thinks a lot of Jeffersonville, but I think he's also very pleased with where his team is at so far this season as well. Text on the Thornton's text line. Uh, Texter says, this Seymour sectional looks to be the deepest we've seen in some time. New Albany and Jeffersonville look like the front runners, but the other four teams are playing competitively as well. A lot of first-year coaches as well. The future of the Seymour sectional looks good. I couldn't agree with you more, Texter. I think that I still would peg Jeffersonville is the favorite just because of all the talent, and you got to believe they'll get it all put together here the second half of the season. But New Albany uh, has proven they can play. Seymour the other night, I thought they were very impressive with how they play defense and how they play the game, uh, and others as well. Floyd Central has had a couple nice wins recently, but uh, interesting to see how this thing plays out over the next couple months as we get to the Seymour sectional. Uh, also, Texter says tonight... Uh, at Clarksville, they are having a, uh, a ceremony to name the gymnasium after Chuck Franz, former IU great. 
1,109 career points at Clarksville, two sectional championships, 1979 Indiana All-Star, two-time Big Ten champion, 1981 NCAA national champion, and an Indiana Hall of Fame basketball inductee. So what a perfect person for the gymnasium uh, to be named after. Uh, Mr. Franz, an outstanding person in the history of Clarksville basketball and, of course, Indiana as well. But great to see him get that honor. Uh, I've had a chance to bump into him a few times over the years. I think he had a connection with Bloomington South. His kids went there. He would attend some of their games. Uh, so we're able to catch up with him there a few times. But definitely fun uh, to see him. And, uh, gosh, what a guy that uh, accomplished a lot in his time in southern Indiana. Uh, another text. Texter says, unfortunately, I think the wheels are about to fly off. I think uh, this is an IU text, I've got to believe. I think the wheels are about to fall off. I think the five-star players and a six-year senior really got our hopes up, but they are not gelling for whatever reason. Even teams that pull five stars yearly have dismal seasons. Kentucky is proof of that. Thanks. Thank you, Texter, for the texts and the pointed comments about Indiana as well. Another text says, Paul Love was the coach then. Uh, yes, of Clarksville, getting back to the Chuck Franz years. Paul Love is one of the great guys in Southern Indiana sports as well. I've had a chance to work with him on the radio for so many great broadcasts over the years, some state championship basketball and baseball games. And Paul is just like a walking encyclopedia of everything sports in Southern Indiana, Uh, knowledge of the schools and obviously knowledge of the history of Clarksville. But Paul Love is one of my favorite people. And uh, so thanks also for uh, giving Paul Love a shout out as well. That's our text. We've got more we'll get to in the next segment. Love to hear from you, your questions and comments. For Dylan Wallace and Kyle Nedenrip, we'll talk IU basketball. We'll talk New Albany Jeff. Love to know your predictions. Can Indiana salvage the season? Who's going to win between the Dogs and Devils? 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, uh, Dylan Wallace on IU basketball. We'll talk a little bit of IU Nebraska, and we'll get into IU and Ohio State coming up this weekend as well. Stay with us here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Craft Sporting Goods is Southern Indiana's team. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, welcome back here, our Friday program. So glad to have you with us. New Albany and Jeff tonight, 
pregame coverage at 7:10 here on the Big X. Thor- uh, Thornton's text line. Text says Dima says he will be listening tonight, and thanks for putting the game on the radio. Dima, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you've been a great listener, you and Mr. Sean, over the years, and both of you guys are outstanding friends to me personally, and it's always uh, fun to see you. Always brings a smile to my face, so I'll be looking for you at the doghouse tonight. Hopefully you're there, but appreciate you tuning in and all of your all's support and kind words and encouragement over the years. It really, really means a lot, so thank you, Dima, for the text. Uh, Dylan Wallace, former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, with us on our Friday program. He's such a great friend of the show. Uh, Still with us talking IU basketball, football, and more. And Dylan, we did not have a Thursday show, so let's start kind of recapping Nebraska. But I really don't know how you can say anything positive, and I hate to be that negative. It sounds terrible, but how you can say anything positive about the IU perimeter play or the guard play uh, from that game. Reoccurring consistently this season, three-point shooting, perimeter shooting, and guard play have been real issues for this team. Yeah, the, it was awful on Wednesday night. Um, there's no other really way to say it. I thought, you know, even though they had some struggles in the non-conference, they were able to win the games they should have won. They lost games with three really good teams. You were 2-0 and in the Big Ten. You had a road to win at Michigan. You know, I thought they would be able to start conference play and maybe just kind of figure it out. Um, and the way they looked on Wednesday against Nebraska, and I know it's a Nebraska team that's starting to figure things out and playing better, but they shouldn't look that much levels above Indiana. Um, and it was just really disheartening to watch. Uh, Indiana looked completely outmanned completely outcoached, and the perimeter play was, was so bad, and Mike Woodson even said so after the game. Um, you know, it was, it was really tough to watch, and this team really needs to figure it out or else their, their chances of making the NCAA tournament might start slipping away pretty soon here. And it's, it's only like the first week of January, so you don't want to start having to think like that. But all of a sudden, this game against Ohio State on Saturday night um, at home is, is a really big one because Ohio State's a good team. would be a good win, and Indiana needs – to really kind of hold serve at home for the most part the rest of the season because of just what they didn't do in the non-conference schedule. Um, and to get blown out that badly at Nebraska, um, it was kind of embarrassing to watch because I just expected more out of this team, and I know they've had their struggles, and it was sort of a culmination of everything we've seen so far, but you still expected to see more out of this team. So it was really disappointing, and um, I'm hoping they can turn things around for Saturday against a pretty solid Ohio State team. But um, it was a really disheartening performance on Wednesday night, one that um, you just hope can get put behind this team because the, the talent seems like it's there, but right now it just hasn't shown up. I know Xavier Johnson just came back from injury, so you want to try to be, you know, kind of give him some of the benefit of the doubt and give him some more time. But Ian's going to need a lot better showing from Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway going forward. Um, and if TJ Gunn and, and Anthony Leal or any of those guys can start playing better. They need that too. I think Gabe Cups has been kind of solid, but he's just not going to propel you to where you need to go right now. That that lands on the shoulders of the two senior guards, and they need to step it up pretty soon here because Indiana is going to need to pick up some wins. You mentioned the NCAA tournament, and it's early January, but I had it in my notes to go there with you. 
at what point is there some concern? Indiana right now has a good record. They are 2-1 and one in Big Ten play, getting two very important conference wins back in December in that little preview of the conference for this season. But given some of the consistency with this team, and again, guard play, three-point shooting, really perimeter shooting in general, at what point looking ahead at the Big Ten schedule, and I know there's some question about the Big Ten this year, but at what point does the NCAA tournament become sketchy uh, even this early? this far out I think it's I hate to say it but it already kind of is getting a little weary for Indiana if you're looking at kind of what they have to do and I think it's not so much about I think Indiana can can pick up some really big home wins against a Purdue Wisconsin and Ohio State you know I just think what we saw against Kansas that Kansas game the assembly hall kind of magic in the crowd can really lift them up and get them going what you worry about is not being able to slip up, you know, when you go to a Minnesota on a random weekday night or when you play Penn State, you know, those are the games that I think you have to worry about if you're Indiana. And, yeah, the Big Ten is down this year, but right now the way Indiana's played, you know, they're one of the teams that are a little bit down. And if they slip up against some of these meddling teams in the conference, it's going to be a bad loss on, on their resume. You know, something that I saw that was just mind-blowing is on Wednesday night, Nebraska picked up a quad three win. I mean, that's crazy to say that Indiana is a quad three victory for a team playing them at home. That should never be the case for this program, Um, but that's what it was right now. That's how they are in the metrics and the numbers. And that's another part of this is they're so bad in all these numbers and metrics that they really need to start winning some games to sort of bump themselves up. Because if you're close to around the bubble and your numbers are this bad, you know, the, the committee is just not really going to look your way a whole lot. So um, it's a little bit concerning. I think Indiana needs to take care of business at home, which I think they can, for the most part, do. And the big thing they have to do is really start to pick up some of these road wins. They already have one at Michigan, which is nice. I, th- I thought Wednesday was a good chance to get one at Nebraska, who's a solid team this year, but they obviously couldn't do that. So, you know, I think after Ohio State, you have Rutgers on the road. You just need to start to pick up some more road wins, maybe two or three of them and do pretty well at home. And I think you should be probably fine. You know, you probably are hoping for like a, a 12 and eight record in the conference, but if this team goes 500 in the big 10 and they don't do much in the big 10 tournament, I don't really know if there's a way for them to get into the NCAA tournament. So it's, it's really concerning to think about it's only January 5th and you don't really want to be looking down and having every game be a must win game. But you know, I think Saturday, I hate to say it, it's kind of a must win. You can't, you can't lose at home to Ohio state. You just can't, you know, you got to, win the games at home that you're supposed to win. And Ohio State might even be favored, honestly, because they've been pretty okay this season. But um, they just need to pick up these wins. So it's a little concerning already. Um, there's, still, there's still no time to panic just yet. But if they go on the road and play like that, like they've been doing at Nebraska, you know that's when you start to get really concerned. If you can't count on this team to show up on road games and only show up for the big home games, that should be concerning. So I know, we, you know Indiana went into a little bit of a skid last year in January early on and Woodson was able to snap him out of it and get him going. Um, so you just hope there's something like that that can start to be replicated and any, can start to put things together because they're going to need to not slip up and play a lot better if they want to get into the NCAA tournament this year. Talking with uh, Dylan Wallace as we uh, recap IU Nebraska and get ready for IU and Ohio state coming up this weekend. Uh, guard play, guard play, guard play. I think Kalel <laughs> Ware, Malik Renew at times, 
have been really good for this team, and the uh, perimeter, the or I should say the interior, has been a good consistent for the most part. Not perfect, but good. Uh, that said, where can Indiana turn? Galloway wasn't sharp. Cups, you talked about him. Xavier Johnson, his first game back, you got to believe there will be some improvement as he settles back in. But is there anywhere else for Indiana to turn when it comes to, to the front court? Um, man, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, you hope Mackenzie and Baco can start playing a little bit better too. You know, I think he's had a nice stretch, but defensively it's been a real struggle for him lately. Um, he's been shooting a lot better from three. Um, but you know, they just got to be able to keep him on the floor. You know, he's, he picks up silly fouls sometimes. Um, so he has to sit on the bench for a while. You know, he leaves open shooters uh, out. So, I mean, it's just, it's just tough. And, you know, he's a guy that can really shoot the ball. So you hope you can keep him on the floor, you know, and I think, like you said, I think Ware and Renew have been really solid so far this season. But, you know, Big Ten, the coaches are so good in this league, they're just going to know, take away the interior, clog the paint, don't let them, don't let them have room to operate, double them. I mean, I think, I think Renew and Ware both really struggled when teams have kind of swarmed them, and there's been a lot of turnovers and stuff like that. Um, and that's going to continue to happen in this conference. And that leads the guards to be able to make shots, be able to create things on their own, and they just haven't been able to do so. I do think you know, what you saw from Trig Galloway in that Kansas game, you know, I'm not saying he needs to score 28 points every night, but if he can be that kind of aggressive, drive with a purpose, be able to finish some of these easy bunnies around the rim he's been missing, you know, if he can be sort of that aggression, that's going to help. And Xavier Johnson just needs to slow down. You know, I think both those guys, I think, just have so much expectations and they're seniors and they want it really bad. They're trying to do way too much. You know, if they just slow down and play their game, We've seen them both do really well in, in a lot of instances for this program. So if they can just kind of relax and do what they need to do, Xavier Johnson needs to sort of become that floor general, weave his way into the paint, kick it out to shooters, find find guys you know cutting to the rim for dunks. I mean, it just needs to be a better kind of conscious of those guys playing. So, I mean, I don't know if there's anyone outside of those two. If those two aren't playing well, I don't know if he has a chance really to do much because those are the two senior guards that you banked on. You know, you didn't really get one in the transfer portal. You got the two bit, you know. You got Ware and Mbako. Um, you got Anthony Walker. You got a lot of forwards that have have done some nice things, but you haven't. You didn't, and you expected maybe a CJ Gunn or a Caleb Banks to take a leap, and so far they haven't done much yet. Um, Anthony Leal has done some good things, but you know I think the more he plays, you start to see some of his limitations. So it really comes down to those two guys, Avery Johnson and Trey Galloway, and can they? get this team back together. I think they're both captains. You know, they've, they've been in a lot of big games before. They've done a lot of good things. Um, it's going to ride on them to really kind of get this thing going in the right direction. You have those two kind of solid guys in, in the post here, and if you continue to get that out of them and Trey Galloway and Xavier Johnson start to come around, this team could do some nice things. So it really just lays on their shoulders, um, and, and we're going to have to see how it plays out because it's been pretty pretty rough so far. But hopefully they can start to smooth things together. The more they play with each other, things start to grow, and they can put it together because they're going to need it. And Ohio State's got a good backcourt. You know, Bruce Thornton and Austin Gill are some really good, talented guards. So they're going to have to be on their A game on Saturday for sure, especially defensively. Um, they need to be, you know, just not making mistakes and turning the ball over on the offensive end. I mean, the turnovers against Nebraska were terrible. I think someone said if you took Nebraska's points off turnovers, Indiana wins the game by like eight. Um, so it's kind of crazy. So take care of the ball and just, just play better. That's all you got to do. 
Let's talk a little bit more about Ohio State. You mentioned their talented backcourt. I feel like it's kind of reversed from Indiana. They've got a really solid backcourt that has performed well uh, throughout the course of this season so far. But Ohio State, a lot like Nebraska, they're not necessarily, I don't think, a standout team in the country right now, but a good record at 12-2. and They're 2-1 and to match Indiana in conference play. They've won four games in a row. Um, it may not be the Big Ten that's the most talented, but there's no rest for the weary, and Indiana right back at it with another tough opponent, uh, albeit this one in Bloomington this week. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game for Indiana. Um, you know, I, I think I was watching Ohio State play Rutgers before the IU-Nebraska game came on, and, um, you know, their, their guards are really good. We saw what Bruce Thornton did. Last year did pretty well against Indiana. That was again that Jalen Huchifino went for like 30 points, and Indiana, you know, won pretty well. But he's a really good guard. He can score wherever he wants on the floor. Um, Gale's another kind of bigger guard that can really kind of drive and attack the paint. Um, you know, they, they shoot the three ball really well. They have Jamison Battle, who's from Minnesota, as we remember the last few years. So I think they're playing Battle at the four right now. And in theory, you know, I think Malik Renew could really take advantage of that if he gets one on one opportunities. The problem is. Will Ohio State let Renew go at battle one-on-one? I don't know. Probably not. So if they're going to bring a hard double at Renew, you got to be able to make plays around it. you got to be able to pass the ball without turning it over. Don't don't try to passes that aren't there. Don't let passes get deflected. Um, you know, kick it out to shooters and make shots. You know, that's going to be really key for this team. And I think Ware, you know, he played well for the most part against Nebraska because he was just so much bigger than everybody he could go up. Well, Ohio State's got a guy, Akpar, who's like 6'11 and pretty tall and long. So, you know, I don't know if Ware's going to be able to go up over him as much. Can Ware sort of handle that? He struggled a little bit against bigger competition. Can he be a little more better and take some better shots against guys that are, you know, just about as tall as he is in terms of length and stuff? So, you know, they have some matchups. Zed Key's really slimmed down. You know, he was, he's been at Ohio State for a while, it seems like. He's really slimmed down and gotten a lot you know, kind of quicker. So um, they're going to be a tough matchup, I think. You know, I think it's a game that can definitely win just being at home and having that crowd. But um, I think it's going to be a tough matchup with the way Ohio State plays and the way their guards can really do a lot of things. So um, they're going to have to be really, really good in this game. They need to, you know, really sure up this defense and just be able to, to come out and just play with more energy and focus. That's, that's really all you ask is come out fired up, ready to play, you're going to have the crowd behind you. Just get motivated, get fired up, and come out with a passion that you want to go take this game. Cause, and hopefully it carries momentum into the game at Rutgers, which Indiana doesn't usually play well in. You know, I think we saw on Ken Pominius projected to go like 1-9 in, in January in terms of like how it ranks their games. Um, you know, you got to start to win some of these if, if you want to you know, clear, you know, get your resume a little better. So it starts on Saturday, a very winnable home game against a pretty, pretty solid Ohio State team. It's not going to be easy, but... This team has shown they can show up at home, um, so that's what you hope you see, and it's going to be tough, but um, let's just hope they can use the crowd and just play better and get things straightened out. Yeah, definitely. Some concerning moments here as we enter 24 uh, in the Big Ten Conference for IU Basketball. Dylan, thanks. Happy New Year, and enjoy your weekend. We'll talk next week. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, after tonight, Indiana at Rutgers. That's always a tough place for Indiana to play. Minnesota at home, I think that's a game even in mid-January, Indiana has to get uh, at home, and then they play Purdue at home, which is going to be tough. I mean, it's Purdue-Indiana. You saw Indiana so competitive with Kansas at home. 
I think those games have a chance, no matter how good Purdue is, to be really close, no matter what Indiana's doing or not doing at that point, just because of the rivalry. But some tough moments ahead. It's a tough go of it. After that, at Madison, as far as Wisconsin goes, and then at Illinois. I know it's a different Illinois team with the loss, at least for now, and it looks like potentially long-term of Terrence Shannon than Iowa. So uh, just a tough – it's a tough Big Ten conference. It may not, again, it may not be the Big Ten conference that people thought it was going to be or as good as the last couple of years, but it's still a tricky, tricky conference when it comes to winning on the road. And uh, Indiana with definitely some things to be concerned about. There is no question about that. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll switch gears and talk New Albany Jeff tonight with Kyle Neddenrip. We'll get into some recruiting stuff as well, all coming up in the next segment. You're listening to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Friday show. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Again, 502-414-1450. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star is with us. We talk high school sports and recruiting and more with Kyle when he is with us each Friday on the show. And Kyle, I know we've had a lot of conversations over the years about New Albany and Jeff, that rivalry game, its stature across Indiana high school basketball and that landscape. But tonight that rivalry renews. It's a Jeff team that you got to see back over the holidays. Uh, Their record isn't great, but they sure have been battle-tested and have a lot of talent. New Albany's been a bit of a surprise, running off a nice record under new coach Jason Jones, who's not only new to New Albany, but also new to the state and new to this rivalry game as well. So from your vantage point in Indianapolis, where you're keeping up with a little bit of everything, what do you see in New Albany and Jeff tonight, and maybe some comments generally on that big rivalry? Well, yeah, it's it's been kind of a fun uh, start for New Albany uh, off the you know seven and two start and beat uh, you know beat Seymour, beat uh, Orleans, who's a good one eighteen, beat Floyd, um, you know, beat Bloomington South. So you know, probably a team that maybe people don't know as much about as Jeffersonville, but but yeah, that's always uh, I covered a, a couple of those or at least one of them, I believe, when uh, Romeo Lankford was playing in New Albany, and and it was I think all the way packed even before the JV game. And signs on the wall, you know, signs on the door saying, you know, no tickets available and whatnot. So, you know, that was a lot of a lot of fun covering those games, especially that rivalry, uh, which is one of the best in the state, obviously. But, but yeah, I've had a chance to see Jeffersonville twice now, and and really good team. And like you said, their record is only six and five, but a much better team than that. Um, and I think it'll pay off in the long run, having played teams like Kokomo and South Bend Riley and. Uh, he will, you know, they beat Warren Central, beat Mount Vernon, who's a really good team around here. Uh, Evansville Harrison, who I saw too, beat them. So, yeah, Trey Singleton, uh, PJ Douglas, Michael Cooper, you know, all three of those guys, really good players. And, you know, Sharon Wilkerson's got a, a team, I think, that will, you know, they do have a tough schedule. Also, they play Brownstown this weekend too, at Brownstown. So that'll be another really tough environment. But, uh, but so big weekend for them. But, yeah, starting this, 
week you know weekend off with New Albany tonight should be a great environment, and then tomorrow night could be even better at Brownstown because that place will be. Uh, they sold out every game before the season, <laughs> so that'll be a, a lot of fun as well. Yeah, and I, what a weekend for Jeffersonville. Rivalry game, all the preparation this week into the rival, big crowd, big fan environment locally, and then you go to Brownstown the next night who may or may not have Jack Bitter back for that game, but still, regardless, Kyle, this Brownstown team, they're the real deal, and they may not be able to win a state championship without Bitter in the lineup. Obviously, we think he'll be back sooner rather than later, at least that's the thought, but uh, they're still really, really good without him. Yeah, they showed it this weekend, you know, playing in the, or not this this past weekend at the uh, Hall of Fame Classic, uh, you know, playing without him. And I, I, have, I have kind of heard through the grapevine that he might play this weekend or you know, maybe on a minute restriction or, you know, but at least get out there and play some. He tried to play last weekend, just wasn't able to uh, – get enough practice in and, and just wasn't ready to go. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful he's back this weekend. Uh, but yeah, they've got, you know, Parker Heeman and, uh, Chase Coomer and, you know, Colby Hall, you know, all those guys are, are really good players and, you know, for them to go out and beat Brownsburg, um, and then, you know, play close for a half against addicts. It was, a, you know, a really good game for the first half. And they kind of seemed like ran out of gas and just, not a great matchup probably against that press, uh, the, the, or the pressure that addicts, addicts can put on you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're even, you know, they're, they're a top five team probably even without Benner. So you, you, you put him on the team, obviously they're that much better, but you know, for them to make a, a deep run in a really good class, that's probably, you know, they're going to need Benner and I expect he'll be back, uh, you know, if not this weekend, then very shortly. So, uh, but they're, you know, they're a very, very good team. And, and obviously uh, Dave Benner, their coach, you know, has, has had a lot of success even before his son got there. So it's not a not a huge surprise that they, you know, they're they're very good and he knows what he's doing there. Kyle Nedenrip, the Indianapolis star with us, wanted to bring up Trent Sisley down at Heritage Hills. He's a big target of Indiana. I think you were probably the first person we spoke about uh, a few years ago now when he really broke out as uh, a big-time prospect in our state. Uh, he continues to get a lot of interest and attention from Indiana, but he continues to get a lot of interest and attention from across the Big Ten Conference. I know Tom Izzo has been down to southern Indiana, or at least that part of southern Indiana, to watch him play over the holiday break in some uh, games there. Um, he continues to attract a lot of attention, getting head coaches to come in and watch him play. Any movement in his recruiting? Any idea where Indiana stands or who some of the front runners are? Yeah, I think they're right there. I mean, I don't know if it's changed a whole lot, you know, since the start of the season, really, because, you know, as these things go, it's a lot of, uh, you know, during the season, it's kind of status quo a little bit. But you can kind of get a sense based on, you know, the coaches who come in and, and maybe some of the games uh, he, he's going to and things like that. So, you know, before the season, I think I think Notre Dame is a, is a team that's maybe risen up the uh, list uh, with Micah Shrewsbury coming in there. And, you know, we'll see how – you know, how that kind of transpires or changes things somewhat. But, you know, some of those same schools as of now, you know, the, the IU's Michigan State, uh, Northwestern, it was really, um, you know, part of that recruitment, Iowa and Notre Dame. It's kind of been more of a of a Big Ten uh, landscape type of a recruitment to this point. And, you know, depending how long he lets it go, you know, and how long he leaves his recruiting open, that that's always subject to change based on who sees him in the spring and summer. Uh, but I kind of expect that'll that'll kind of continue to be the case as far as his uh, 
his interest goes. Obviously, Purdue uh, in there as well. It's just a matter of kind of how their roster will shake out. I think, in part, uh, to to work to what their interest is or how that kind of transpires. But but uh, but yeah, I think it'll be. You know, I think I use definitely a front runner, uh, one of the front runners for him anyway, and and certainly battling with some of those other schools I mentioned as well. And he's visited you know iu a lot obviously he's in he's in uh you know iu country down there and and uh that they've always been kind of a big part and front and center in his recruitment and will continue to be i think kyle Deadrip, indianapolis star another question for you as you got out to some of these holiday tournament events and of course we're thinking from an iu perspective given this the subject of this show but uh, any breakout guys you've seen southern indiana indianapolis beyond uh that could be the next of, of big prospects that Mike Woodson and Matt Painter and other Big Ten guys are going to track. Yeah, I mean, it was, I, I saw a lot of guys. I mean, a lot of lot of players. I'm not, some some of those aren't going to rise to that level necessarily. Uh, but I, you know, there's there's a lot of players in that that junior class. I think that you know are you know guys like Xavier Robinson uh, from Lawrence North. You know, honestly, on his own team too. And this is a 2026 guy. Is Brennan Miller who uh, I think he has just changed his game completely. looks like almost a totally different person this year going from freshman to sophomore year. Uh, I think he'll be a guy who's high up on uh, you know, high up on people's radar. There's another kid named Noah Smith uh, from uh, Plainfield, and I think he's a Big Ten type of player, only a sophomore, but six foot eight, uh, can, can square up and shoot it, and, and athletic guy. So, you know, those are two to me. Those six, seven, six, eight type players, uh, Miller and and uh, Smith from LN and Plainfield, respectively. Uh, that yeah, I got a chance to see in person. I've seen Miller in person a lot, and then saw Smith for the first time uh, up at the Kokomo tournament. So, you know, that twenty twenty six class, I you know, still sort of a uh, you know, you're still sort of gauging uh, kind of how it's going to look. But you know, twenty twenty five people, I think, starting to get a good idea with you know players like. Robinson, Mullins, Sisley, uh, people like that. But then, uh, you know, Miller and Smith are a couple of guys in 2026 that I think are Big Ten type players. Uh, I really like Tyler Parrish too from Chesterton. He's a he's a 2024 kid who's probably an Indian All Star, I would think. But I really like his game a lot. He's he can really shoot it from deep and uh, has a lot on his shoulders for that Chesterton team. But he's a really really good player. Was a core junior All Star last year, but. So maybe not fit that description of breakout player, but but uh, but I think he can play at a pretty high level too. Good stuff from Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, I know you'll be out at some games this weekend. Enjoy them, and we'll catch up again next Friday. Awesome. Thanks so much, Matt. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this show and for the week as well. Thank you so much for being with us. If you ever miss a live show, you want to go back and hear a show or hear a segment, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. So check that out. And don't forget New Albany and Jeff tonight on the Big X. Uh, Going to be a fun game, I think. Should be a good one. And if you are at another game or you can't make it out to the doghouse tonight, hope that you'll join us here on the Big X. Jeff Crawford and I will be on about 7:10 or so with our pregame coverage. So have a great weekend. We'll see what Indiana can get going on Saturday night. And we'll be, be back on Monday to recap it all right here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <music>